This is the Mark Dolan Way. Top tips for mind, body and soul, some great life hacks and my favourite products of the week. This show is available on all podcast platforms or you can watch it. Just subscribe to the Mark Dolan Way on YouTube and join the Facebook group. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the show. I hope you are very well and had a great week. Lots to get through. I bumped into a very special listener and viewer to the Mark Dolan way. Very nice lady called Liz. And Liz said to me, whatever happened to your product of the week? And Liz is absolutely right. Whatever happened to product of the week? Now, a big theme of this show is that you should welcome constructive feedback in your life, even if it's uncomfortable. Well, of course, it wasn't uncomfortable chatting with Liz, not one bit, quite the opposite. But she raised a good point. What happened to that item, which was central to the format of this show? And I think there's a few reasons why. Um, I'm, you know, like everybody, having to watch the finances. So I haven't really been buying stuff and I think that we did quite a few podcasts where I made my way through all of the items in the house and possibly slightly read out of material. But we're going to get back on the horse with the old products of the week. Um, I might reincorporate one or two from a previous episode because it's relevant to the season we're in. So, for example, Christmas is coming. Um, it's dark and cold outside. You might have to walk in the dark to work before the sun rises or perhaps you're coming home late after a night on the tiles. Maybe you've had a few beers and you're staggering home down a dark country lane. You want a headlamp. They are absolutely invaluable. The thing about headlamps is that people consider headlamps to be the domain of outdoor athletes. You kind of think of climbers, don't you? And um, possibly people that go underground or something. <laughs> I don't know what sport involves going underground. Miners. That's not a sport, is it? That's that's a very excellent skill, being a miner. But, yeah, they need headlamps, don't they? The miners, um, the people who, who um, go climbing, they've always got these headlamps. But actually, just a great item for around the house. You strap it to your head like a lunatic like this. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll just describe it if you're listening. And it's just sat there very comfortably on my head. Uh, this one is a black diamond, which was about 30 quid, which I agree is a lot of money. But it's got LED lamps. I think it'll basically last forever. It will outlast me. It takes four AAA batteries and they never run out. It's very nice if you want to read next to your partner when they've gone to sleep because you can have the setting very low. So you've got a little bit of light just for your reading, but you don't have the big light on, so you're not going to disturb them. Uh, kids love the headlamps for playing. It's great for kids to be safe on the street walking along with a headlamp. Um, if you're out maybe in the woods with your dog, you can attach the headlamp to your dog. But you can also have the headlamp yourself and see where you're going. You're less likely to trip over a branch or slip on the mud or something. But headlamps, excellent thing. Uh, maybe you need to do a repair in the garden and it's night. You put your headlamp on. Maybe, like me, your electricity meter is in a really weird place. So when the man comes round to check the reading, 
you are equipped, right? Mine is behind the dish. No, mine is behind the washing machine. So I have to pull the washing machine out and then I get in there and I switch the headlamp on and that allows me to see it. And your hands are free with the headlamp. That's a lovely thing. One of the most exciting things you can do with a headlamp, which is very exotic, is you can ski at night. So I'm a big fan of ski touring, which involves attaching artificial skins, animal skins, these furs to the bottom of the skis. And you basically shuffle up the hill. So you don't use a lift. There's no lift. You just climb the mountain on your skis. Sometimes it gets a bit tricky and you have to take the skis off and carry them some of the way. But ski touring is a lot of fun. Very environmentally friendly, of course. The carbon footprint is zero because you're just going up yourself on your own steam. And there's a place in Austria where Austria, I mean, there's loads of places in Austria and I've got no doubt France, Eastern Europe, Italy, you name it, Switzerland, where you do the ski tour and you get to the hut at the top and you have a lovely meal and a few beers late afternoon. And in the evening, you ski down in the pitch black. It's an amazing experience, but you couldn't do it without light because you wouldn't be able to see where you're going and you will crash. So a couple of years ago, I did that, had the headlamps, lovely floodlit scene before me. Light just chucks itself on the snow. You can see exactly where you're going. It won't fall off. Headlamps. You won't regret having one. You can get very cheap headlamps. I, the cheapest, the, the least I've ever paid, I think, was £2, which was in a shop. It was sort of like a Poundland shop. Might have been called Pound Savers or Pound Stretchers. A couple of quid. No brainer. I mean, what was the difference? Not much. The LED element is, I mean, it'll be superior on this black diamond, but LED lamp technology is quite universal. So even the cheap basic ones, it's still LED. There's no, it's like CD. There's no real bad version of it. And LED lasts a long time, much better than conventional bulbs. And I love it. So I'm very fond of this thing. Never travel without it. Have you noticed, for example, how dark hotel rooms are these days? You go into the hotel room, you try to switch on the lights and there's no direct light, is there? There's no big light in the middle. You've got like these little lamps next to the bed. You've got up lighting and you've got this and you've got that. And I just can't. I mean, I just struggle in a hotel room to, to see where I'm going or to know where my stuff is. I think they do it because then you don't see the dirt. And I think that the fashion for interior design is all about indirect lights. I'm a man well into my 40s. Let's just say it like that. And I grew up in an era where rooms were lit from a big light in the middle. It was old school. It was unglamorous. In fact, I remember when the sort of strip lighting, the sort of fluorescent lighting came along. We had Gestapo-like fluorescent lights in our kitchen as a child. Two vast, unforgiving strips. And when you switched on, when you flicked on the switch, it would flicker a couple of, couple of seconds as it fired into life. And it was a horrible, cold, unfriendly, artificial light. But that was the era we grew up in. And then energy bulbs came along, which was essentially sort of like a fluorescent light, but in bulb form. And then came LED. And I'm loving the LED. This show is lit with LED lights. LED is it's cool. It doesn't heat up. It's very safe. It's low energy, easy to install, and it lasts forever. The LED bulbs last forever. 
a while ago, I had to get some ceiling lights put in. And the shop where we went, the electricity, electric hardware store, they would not sell us lights that had a removable bulb. It was just the whole thing is built in. The guy said, look, it's 25 years at least. You do not need to change the bulb. Imagine that, 25 years. Where will we all be in 25 years? Well, I'll be furious because I'll need a new light bulb and I'll regret that he didn't let me swap it. A couple of other products before we crack on. Um, It's getting really cold at the moment here in Western Europe and in the UK. Don't forget to cover your neck. That is how you prevent a sore throat. It's so simple. Why doesn't the doctor tell you that? Cover your neck. That is the gateway for all of the bugs, your tonsils and your throat. So even if you're not wearing many clothes, you put a scarf around your neck or do what I do, which is wear a snood. A snood is basically just a piece of fabric in a tube and you just pull it over your head and you are covered. You won't get cold. Do it for your kids as well. I was picking my son up from school today and there were quite a few kids wearing snoods and I thought that's that's good to see. They're being well brought up, those kids. Their parents have got the right idea. Um, let's keep Liz happy with a few more products. This is potentially... No, I think this is a global product. Yes, it is. Um, you can tell when a product is global because the ingredients are in lots of different languages, including French, Dutch, English. There you go. So that's at least three territories. I'm sure they're available in the United States. And they've got a .com website, which makes them quite global, doesn't it? The product is Grenade. And it is a high-protein, low-sugar chocolate bar. Absolutely brilliant. Listen, I wouldn't eat these till the cows come home, right? In a sense, it's still a treat. It's still junk food because it's got a whole bunch of ingredients. But there's no sugar. And it's got 21 grams of, well, I say no, 1.5 grams of sugar, which is absolutely nothing. And 21 grams of protein. And it's got good protein. It's whey protein. Do you remember the episode that we did about whey protein and how great that is to top up your protein needs? You don't have to eat 11 steaks a day, just a couple of scoops of pure whey protein mixed with milk. And that is your protein. Well, this is a nice way to have a chocolate bar and get your protein, get your treats. So if you've got the, sh- the munchies, because this podcast recommends that you don't have sugar and it's a low carb podcast. Well, this is a good low carb treat. Now, some of my friends in the low carb keto community are not a fan of these keto snacks because they say that, well, it still spikes your insulin and all that. And I don't disagree with them. But if it helps you get through a difficult day, And if it stops you having an actual Mars bar or a Snickers or some other actual sugary chocolate, then I think it's a price worth paying. I have about two or three a week when I'm feeling fragile, when I just need that little artificial injection of joy and pleasure that naughty food gives you. But it's it's basically it's naughty food without the guilt. Um, So well done. Grenade.com. And they've got a whole range of different flavours. Caramel Chaos. It's it's literally chaos when I have uh, that chocolate bar. Things really kick off in our household. Um, cookie Dough is, is this particular one that I'm having at the moment. And it's delicious. They also have a Jaffa Cake kind of orangey flavoured one, which is not bad. So, yeah. 
There you go. Um, a lot of these podcasts are full of this stuff about um, love yourself, like yourself, be positive. Now, these are all platitudes. Be happy, be positive. That is a bit like saying to somebody with a severe illness, be well. It's like, yeah, okay, thanks for that. I would like to be well, but I can't because I've got this disease. So just be happy, like yourself, be positive. It's not easy. Now, of course, I've given you, hopefully in the past, a few tools with which to be positive. So for example, um, if if you have a situation where something bad has happened at work, you calmly go through Uh, the potential opportunities that this problem presents you. So, you know, you can always look for positives in a difficult situation. The best metaphor is the glass half full, not half empty. Okay, so that is good and that's real and that's very practical to think positively. Sure, but it won't take you all the way. Because if you really want to love yourself and believe in yourself and have self-confidence, There's something much more potent than just a positive mindset. And it's by doing difficult things. Because if you do difficult things which are hard and you manage to get through it and you pull it off, such as a marathon or there's a job at work, no one wants to do it. The company report for the most difficult client, put your hand up and say, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll, I'll give it my best shot. I'm going to do that thing that no one else wants to do. And then if you prevail, or at least if you make some progress with that difficult task, you will gain a colossal amount of self-confidence and you will believe in yourself because you knew that that thing was hard and you pulled it off. You achieved it. That's why successful people think of actors that struggled for years And then suddenly they start winning Oscars and they're just so self-confident. And the reason why is because it was really hard what they did and they struggled through it. And by then getting out the other end and being successful, well, that's very rewarding. And that has told them that their approach was the right thing to do and that they had talent. And it becomes a self-perpetuating thing. It's a virtuous circle. You do difficult things. You then achieve stuff, you have success, and that gives you an appetite to do more difficult things. And it was Albert Einstein who said that the definition of genius is the capacity to suffer. In other words, the more you can suffer, the more of a genius you'll be. And so doing difficult things, so therefore maybe you can't change your work situation at the moment, but perhaps you want to sign up to a triathlon because that's difficult, isn't it? And you've got the training and it's raining outside and it's cold and it's icy and you're exhausted and you've got an injury and you, you know, the whole thing is just and you can't socialize. and You're not seeing your friends because you're doing this triathlon. It's hard. And the triathlon itself is difficult because you've got to swim in ice cold water and you've got to get on a bicycle and you've got to run and you've got to this and you've got to that. The whole point of triathlons is that they're hard. But the people that do them are always smiling at the end with a great sense of achievements and a great sense of renewed self-confidence because they did something that was hard and they got through it and they pulled it off. So don't just don't just not be afraid of hard things. 
Seek them out. Seek out the most difficult tasks. Because that is where the personal growth comes from. That is how you're going to raise your self-value. Because people can tell you you're great all day long and that's lovely. And hopefully your family and your friends do that. But it needs to be felt within you. Your soul needs to know it. And if your soul knows that you signed up for that project, that thing, that task, that job, that new career development, that new sport, that new hobby, maybe it was something around the house. So, for example, we didn't have a budget when we moved in here. So I sanded down the floorboards myself. Well, I've never sanded in my life. But I purchased a small sander for the corners of the floor. And then I rented a big one because I always knew that the little one would be could be regularly useful and it wasn't expensive. And then the big one, well, you're only going to use that once. So I rented that. So I had two sanders and I spent a few days just sanding, blasting the floorboards. Trial and error. I didn't even look at YouTube videos. I just cracked on with it. I learned the hard way. I started with some very coarse paper on the big sander. This sander, by the way, was a, a truly terrifying device. It was like something out of a science fiction horror film. An enormous lawnmower type device for in the house. And I had some very coarse, very rough paper on there. And it, it took about an inch off my floorboards when I fired it up. So at that point, I'm like, OK, we we uh, we need to use a finer paper. And also you can't let too much of the weight of the device down onto the wood because that's how it grinds. So I've got a few wavy bits of uh, floorboard at home. But I learned on the job. And by the end, I'd done it. I'd sanded down the floorboards, saved us probably one and a half thousand pounds, I would argue. And yes, it wasn't as good a job as if I'd got a pro in. But I've, I've not spent the money and I had the satisfaction of doing it myself. And it really, really gave me a good feeling. I, I was glowing. I was just happy. I was self-satisfied. I felt good about myself. And it was a lovely feeling. So do hard things because that is how you get your self-value. Let's imagine, and this is my background in stand-up comedy, that you go off and you do your gigs and no one laughs. And it's just terrible. And then finally, after like the 23rd gig, they laugh a lot and you bring the house down. Well, that is what's going to give you self-confidence as a comedian, not being told you're funny by other people. You were there. You did it. You felt it. It was real. That's where self-value comes from. I've got a really nice food hack and it's very minimal and it's very easy to do. And I can highly recommend it. And it's for those rare occasions when you're enjoying bread, because you know that bread is not really allowed on this podcast because it's a carbohydrate which spikes insulin, which is the main fat storage hormone of the body. But I do enjoy the occasional bit of bread as a treat. And because the problem with it is that when you eat it, it turns to sugar in your gut straight away. So it's actually not that different from eating a chocolate bar. Can you believe it? So, but life is there to be lived and enjoyed and sometimes you earn your carbs and, and I will have the occasional slice of bread. Crusty roll is very good and um, I do like your classic sliced loaf but I've got a little hack which makes it ultra delicious and I don't know if you've tried this but give it a go. You take 
a slice of bread from your sliced loaf and you put the bread between your hands and you just squeeze the slice. So you squeeze the bread in the palm of your hands. You just sort of flatten it, you squash it out and it makes it thin, makes it larger and thinner, sort of wider. You put that in the toaster and you'll find that you get this lovely crusty slice of toast. And it's got these kind of grooves and these little mounds and it kind of goes up and it goes down and it undulates. And parts of the bread get more toasty than other parts. And it works really, really well. So I can highly recommend that sort of just smush it, just squeeze it. You don't break it up or tear it apart, but you flatten it between the palms of your hands and you'll find it's delicious toast. Um, I've been getting into gluten-free recently because my son has decided to go gluten-free, not because he is allergic to it, but because he has read that gluten's bad for you. And of course, he's absolutely right, because although some people are intolerant to gluten and they'll get they'll get terrible side effects from eating it, um, we're all on the spectrum when it comes to gluten, it's not great for anyone, causes inflammation. Um, and therefore, it's probably optimal just to be gluten free anyway. Whenever you do a, um, a, a detox, what are the things they get rid of? Alcohol, caffeine, sugar and wheat, sometimes dairy. Those are the things they get rid of because they're not great for you, if we're honest. So um, gluten-free is probably really good. And therefore, in order to just show my son a bit of solidarity, I decided just to kind of go gluten-free with him. And I've really enjoyed it. And the reason why is because when you don't have gluten, when you go gluten-free, you tend to eat fewer carbohydrates, which is a good thing. So you, you're bound to get a bit of weight loss. Plus, you're less bloated. You know how bloated you feel after you eat a pizza or a big bowl of pasta? Well, that is the carbohydrates. That is also, of course, the gluten. So um, I quite enjoy this gluten free bread from the supermarket. It was a standard sliced bread, but it's just got all sorts of other stuff that's not wheat in it. I'll be honest, there's a million ingredients. It's not wildly inspiring, but as an occasional treat, no problem. So and by the way, this is another great hack for bread, whether it's gluten free or not. But I'm sure that you've thought of this or perhaps you do it. But I do it and I absolutely love it. And I haven't done it ever before, which is I keep a sliced loaf in the freezer. And then I can just take out individual slices, goes in the toaster. And it's as good as as good as fresh bread, because I'll never get through a whole loaf on my own. And because it's sliced, it's easy just to get it out of the freezer and just take a slice as and when you need it. Really good. So the best thing since sliced bread is frozen sliced bread. You are welcome. But try going, going gluten-free for a week and see what happens. And there's this thing called an elimination diet where all you eat is meat. And the reason why is because you're going to discover what you might be allergic to. So what the idea is you get rid of everything else and you just have meat and then you introduce dairy and you introduce wheat and you introduce other things and you listen to your body and see how it reacts. That's what an elim elimination diet is. You're basically just having one totally non-allergenic thing 
Uh, and then you phase in the other stuff. And then let's say you have a slice of bread and then you're instantly ill. You're like, OK, that's it. I have my answer. I'm intolerant to gluten or you have a glass of milk and you become ill. Is that right? That's it. I can't have dairy. But you don't know until you eliminate all of those things and then phase them back in. It's quite good, isn't it? Um, but why don't you try going gluten free just for a laugh for a week? It's really not bad. The gluten free pasta now, you can't tell the difference. I think it's made with corn flour. Is it corn flour? I should look it up, really. But the standard supermarket gluten free pasta, absolutely fine. Now, what do what else do I need to tell you? Um, beware complicated solutions. Um, there's a guy I train with at my gym, and he's always saying, you know, when you read about these expensive vitamin supplements that cost, you know. 50 quid a month and all these different herbs that you've never heard of and other tinctures um it's just snake oil now, he points out that the things that are really good for you are very cheap so you just eat real food you eat meat you eat fish you eat vegetables you eat some fruit though not in excess and as a supplement you have vitamin c I mean, you can get an enormous tub of vitamin C for very, very little money. But yet it's spectacularly good for you. Creatine is a very good one. It's very cheap and it's really good for muscle growth and overall metabolic health. Um, he recommends caffeine if you're training, having a coffee that's going to boost your performance when you're training. None of these things are expensive or complicated or take any explaining. During the pandemic, there was all this justification for masking and the lockdowns. And they talked about the Swiss cheese model. Uh, and this is the idea of an organization's defenses against failure are modeled as a series of imperfect barriers. I mean, how complicated is that? I mean, the, the lockdowns and the masks, they either worked or they didn't. If you've got to have a complicated theory like the Swiss cheese, which sounds to me like it's justifying measures that don't work, a series of imperfect barriers that doesn't really inspire confidence. I think they're suggesting there's an incremental advantage, but I mean, it's complicated. It doesn't make sense. It works or it doesn't. They talked about um, low carb and medics have been saying, you know, well, we need to see the evidence that it works. We need the data. We Well, OK, that's fine. The data. But we want peer reviewed studies. And well, I mean, people cut the carbohydrates and then they become thinner. That's always the story. You don't need these randomized control trials. You just take someone that was eating a very carbohydrate rich diet and get them to eat bacon and eggs for two weeks and they've lost weight and started to reverse their diabetes. It isn't complicated. I mean, I can explain the low carb diet in a handful of words. Reduce your carbohydrate intake, which includes bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, sugar and beer. That's it. And that's yeah. Tropical fruit. OK, that's your low carb. 
the insulin will come down, the fat cells will open and you will lose weight and you'll go into fat burning, which they call ketosis. So, but then you get these other diets, they're so complicated and charts and different things on different days and cheat day. And then you get your points here and you get points taken away there. <coughs> it is complicated. It doesn't have to be. Blimey, it's a bit late for that, isn't it? So I just have to, um, I just have to plug in the laptop, uh, the uh camera because it's low in battery that's what that alert was so bear with me for one second i'm very comfortable with radio silence i've heard plenty of it over the years is there enough space for it here can i just slam that in is that gonna work doing this very bad highly unprofessional oh dear Oh, my green screen setup's gone. A, A wall. I think that's okay. So, yes. Um, beware the snake oil of complicated solutions and jargon and no. Um, antibiotics, when they were invented, they didn't need randomized controlled trials. People were given the antibiotics and then the infection went away and they didn't die. People stopped dying. And that's your randomized control trial. And I've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's a reminder to all of us to keep things very simple and expensive solutions. I just I run a mile if anything is going to cost a lot of money that's going to solve my problems. I'm not having it. Probably the best way to solve your problems is stuff which is free, like communication having goals and learning from your mistakes and making lists. Um, and, you know, I've put this down as well. I don't know where I got it from, but just be obvious. Do you know what I mean? Be obvious. So if you have, um, let's say you're trying to lose weight. If you eat in a sort of shorter time window, that means if there's a longer gap between your meals, you're not snacking, you're going to lose weight. You're going to eat less food, you're going to lose weight. Now, it's not only because the calorie counting is not exclusively the way to lose weight, but if you're eating less often and less food, uh, you're going to lose weight. If you take exercise, you're going to get fitter. It isn't complicated. It's very simple. Um, if you want a new job, then you draw up a CV and you apply for jobs. It's amazing how many people want to have a different job but they don't apply for a different job or ask anyone for one or take steps to make that happen they just want a different job and expect it to kind of magic itself up it's amazing how passive people are we all are i've been that person too um someone said to me leave the house that's your first step to success is just get out of the house leave the building because then you'll start to interact with the world and you'll meet someone and then they'll spark an idea and You'll make a contact and you've got momentum. Just leave the house. The same with a relationship. If you want to meet someone, you, you, you have to leave the house. You must leave the house. You cannot stay at home because you will not find anyone at home because you've just got your stinky flatmates. It's not going to happen. So be obvious. Do the obvious things. Working harder than your colleagues will get you further professionally. It will give you the edge. That's obvious. 
be obvious. Get enough sleep and you'll have energy and don't take drugs and you'll feel better and it will save you money and be good for your health. That's obvious. Be obvious. Drinking when you're already exhausted and tired and have important things happening that week. It's not going to do you any favours. Don't do it. Be obvious. Do your drinking when you're not busy on your day off and you've got a clear schedule. That's obvious. But it's amazing how not obvious we often are. We're very irrational. We're very emotional. And we just, we go at things from a very weird angle sometimes. So isn't that a lovely, simple mantra? Be obvious. Tell your partner you love them from time to time. That's obvious, isn't it? That's an obvious thing to do. If you love them, don't say it if you don't. But if you do, why don't you tell them? That's obvious. But it's amazing how many people don't tell their partner or their kids regularly that they love them. By the way, I'm not a fan of too much I love you. It gets very, and this is no offence to my American viewers and listeners, but it gets a bit American when it's I love you every 10 seconds. Loses its meaning. But yeah, be obvious. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. A couple of other bits and pieces. Never waste a good crisis. A crisis is loaded with opportunity. It's when things are in flux. There is change. Whenever there's a crisis, there are people that do very well and make money and prevail. Be one of those people. Never waste a good crisis. If things are going horribly wrong, view that as a massive opportunity. Sniff out the opportunities. It's like a forest fire. Well, that would appear to be devastating, a forest fire, but a forest fire is natural. And from the forest fire, you get this ash that goes on the ground and then these new buds start to appear and a new forest comes stronger and bigger and better than the last one. I can't remember if I did this a couple of weeks ago, but I've got it written down and it's too important not to do it again in case I haven't done it. Um, If you get overlooked in your life, let's say you want a relationship with someone called Cleo, you're in love with this woman called Cleo and you thought it was moving in the right direction and then she suddenly says, I only want to be friends and you're absolutely devastated. Um, if things haven't gone your way, let's imagine you're passed, passed over for promotion at work. It's devastating. And I don't want you to gloss over or ignore that pain and that sadness. I want you to let it wash through you. I want you to be infused with it and I want you to have a grieving period to allow yourself to be really down about it for a day or two maximum three days ideally 24 hours but between a day to three days I'll allow you to kind of grieve Cleopatra said no she wants to be friends accept that but grieve because you are sad it's painful and you're sad and it's like a bereavement because this dream has died it's not a person that's died but this thing that you wanted has died the promotion you've been looking forward to that for months you thought you were the right person it didn't go your way grieve for a little while for me a a day is about right a full day a day two days tops for me but I'll let you have three but I don't want you to grieve for longer than that because then that just becomes a kind of gloom that you're in that you can never escape So what you do is you grieve over it and you move on and 
That is how. And actually, I spoke to a politician the other day and he talked about it in relation to promotions within politics. In the UK, our government is run by ministers who are in something called a cabinet. Well, I'm sure that's the case for many countries. And however many ministers are in the cabinet, they get around once a week, they have the big cabinet meeting. It's very prestigious. And what will happen is, you know, politicians are always ambitious people and you'll have politicians that sat there and they've got their eye on a more senior position in the cabinet. And occasionally there's a cabinet reshuffle and it doesn't go their way and they get demoted to some crappy department that's actually like not what they wanted. And he said that those politicians, right, it's a great test of their character. They mustn't throw their toys out of the pram. They mustn't be a crybaby. They just take it on the chin and go, right, thank you for this opportunity. I'll make a huge success of it. And then what you do is you go into that crappy department, you go and smash it and do an amazing job. It's like when I told you ages ago, if you get fired, if you know that that's it, you've been fired, there's no way around it, then what you should do is welcome it. And you, when the boss says, we're going to fire you, you have to go, I completely understand. It's not a problem at all. I do hope we can stay on good terms. And it will make your boss go, what? Wait a minute, I just fired this person, but they took it really well. The message is that you're very self-confident and they're probably likely to rehire you, change their mind perhaps, not fire you at all because your reaction was so relaxed. Why did he take it so well? And that, folks, that is us for now. Um, it is a short one. It's been a very busy, tumultuous week. So I'm sorry that it's slightly curtailed today. Um, but remember the Dolan mantra, do bad work. OK, do something average today rather than something great tomorrow. To, to, <laughs> do something average today rather than something great tomorrow. So I've had a busy week, a lot of stuff going on, but... I would, I really want you to have this podcast. I really want to address you. It's probably not as ultra perfect as I would like it to be, but it, it exists. It's there. We have a podcast. It's been delivered. And that's better than no podcast, isn't it? So I try where possible to practice what I preach. Um, so this week, do some hard things that will boost your self value. And give that bread a squeeze before it goes in the toaster. You're going to love it. So you take the bread, you squeeze it in the palm of your hand. So it's all flat. You flatten it really tight, really flatten it, wafer thin. And then put it in the toaster and it will be this amazing, hard, crunchy toast. And I'm not sure you'll ever go back. And you can tell your friends. It's a very simple life hack because let's not forget, we like the simple solutions. Beware the snake oil of complicated ideas. And that's the show. Loved having your company. Stay awesome. Go and do some hard things that will boost your self-confidence. And I will see you in a week's time. Big love and thanks for listening. Bye bye.